Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perception Podcast with me, your host, Caroline Partridge. In this episode, I talk to performer, educator and author Ben Dunks. We talk about the importance of living creatively, the influence of power and control in our relationships and the unsettling epidemic that drove him to write his latest book, A Guide to Intimacy for 16 to 22 year old men. Please join me as we look at life through a different lens. Ben, you have, you've done a lot of things. Um, so uh, first of all, starting out um, doing a biology and chemistry chemistry degree in Queensland at Queensland University. Then from moving from science, you became a dancer and a performer. At, this is very potted history. Um, and then moving from the world of performance, you became um, an educationalist and the um, artistic director of the Attic Dance Company in Plymouth for seven years. And within that, you've been doing a lot of work with schools, uh, uh, incorporating dance and movement, I believe. Um, and that has taken you forward into writing. And um, yeah, Ben, can you just, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you, you know, you, you've done a lot uh, in the last, I don't know, what, 25 years, could I say? 23, 30 years, perhaps? 30. Yeah, you've done a lot in the last 30 years. So, um, and, and I know I haven't done you justice there uh, with that brief introduction. But um, as I say, what we're going to be talking about today is um, is your book. Um, and this is the book. And, and you're going to be writing another book about men and menopause, I, I understand, which we'll have to save for another um, another episode. But the intimacy uh, is a guide for young men about sex. In a world of 24-hour porn, intimacy is an alternative path for young men to take when it comes to intimate encounters. So before we before we really get into that and that's and what prompted you to write this book. Um, can you just give us a bit of background about you, uh, you know, a bit further background about you and how you got to this point? Uh, yeah, uh, just simply, uh, yeah, yeah, a quick one, yeah. So, um, do you know, I think I, you could probably describe everything that I've done as a bit of a balance between science and creativity, actually. Yeah. Um, and it's finding the way between that. And I, have a, I, had, I had a message when I released Intimacy a couple of weeks ago, I had a message from a, a school friend who just said, uh, I love the eclecticism of your brain. And actually, it was actually a really interesting way to hear someone describe how they how they seeing what I'm doing. So um, I just, it's a science, uh, the way things work. I was a science geek basically at school, a music, mm. musical sporty science person. Um, and then I started a science degree because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I hadn't really decided. And then I decided I wanted to be a dancer and I'd never danced before. I just, it was just in my mind that, that it was a creativity. It was, I'd seen dance in various ways and I, I kind of knew in, in my head that I could do it, even though I'd never done it before. Yeah. Whatever that is, uh, I just knew I could. And actually January, 2023 will be, 30 years since I started my dance training, which is, woo, woo. <laughs> so, um, so 
it's this combination of the body, creativity, movement, uh, and then understanding the, the, the scientific underpinnings of a lot of that mm. and process, the process of thinking, the process of creativity. So, so in a lot of the work of my education work with, with primary schools in secondaries, I've, I've worked from nurseries through to 90-year-olds, undergraduate, master's mm. programs. Um, I've taught medical students creativity in their fourth years. Uh, I've worked with uh, drama students. I've worked with education students, teaching them how to teach parkour in secondary schools. So I would wow. say I've developed uh, hopefully a paper on that to come out in the next six months or so. Um, it's all about creativity and how you think differently. Yeah. And, and how you think around life and how you think around movement. And you might be putting a dance together, but does that how you put that dance together is also about how you might resolve a conflict with one of your friends or, mm. or a, an obstacle that you're finding yourself. It's just about thinking thinking in interesting ways. Yeah. So, and that and that we are holistic. You know, we are there isn't a separation between the mind and body and spirit. It's that it is actually all connected. We perceive ourselves in a in a very kind of separate way, I think, when actually everything is interconnected. Absolutely. And and a big so so the primary school dance program, which is probably the biggest long-term project I've I've spent doing the last 12 years, is now in 2000 schools or so in partnership with a company called Create Development. And that is actually an abstract thinking and exploration creative program sort of couched within a dance program mm. as primary schools. Um, and that's, that's really about getting young people moving and getting young mm. people moving in super creative ways. They have autonomous decisions to make in terms of their own creativity in the session. They, they don't get taught any choreography. They create through different ideas. And what they make it just is astounding. You have seven-year-olds who are creating exquisitely complex, beautiful, incredible dance that actually this is just available to all of us. And this is mm. one, of the, one of the things that I constantly pursue is through this creativity, then through understanding the science behind those, that creativity and movement is how can we use all of that to be better, yeah. to explore our lives better, to explore ourselves better, to have more range of movement, but also range of thinking. Yeah. That's incredible because it's true. It's so, it's so important when we're to keep creativity with us and understand its importance as we move through life. And I think, I think lots of people's perception of creativity is, oh, art, you're drawing or you're doing painting or you're, you know, they don't really understand that it's a daily kind of it's a, we we're connected uh, on a, a every minute of every day, and it's and it's not allowing that to lie dormant. It's actually mining into it, which children do so readily. Because I, same as you, have taught. You know, my favourite age group to teach is five to seven year olds because they are so full of the genius quotients. You know, they look at uh, they they they're problem solving is so imaginative and it's so unique that nothing becomes a problem. They just they just look at things in, in different ways, which I think as we get older, we kind of lose. Um, you know, and I don't think that the way that the school system is set up, which you've probably encountered, uh, is really fosters uh, and encourages their creativity unless there are programs like yours that are uh, going on. Yeah, but that doesn't, and, and I've been significantly involved in schools that have tried to do otherwise. And, and um, 
they have subsequently lost out to the education system and department. So it's um it's a you know it's an ongoing battle. I yeah, the idea of living a creative life or, or or living creatively, as you say, is not is not the domain of an artist. You yeah, can have a life and a creative life without being working as an artist. I, I had a conversation a number of years ago with my my cousin's husband who runs a potato packing business and his farm in Essex. And I explained my ideas of creativity and, and being an artistry. And he he looked at me strangely and said, "So, I mean, what you've just described is exactly how I run my business." Exactly. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. So, so you call me an artist, and I and I said, I, I'm, "I'm saying that you live an artistic life, and I'm saying you live a creative life because you're making creative, processual, creative choices all the time in your business." This this split between art and artists mm. and business and scientists i mean scientists are, are, are artists they create they're, they're, they're creators well look they're at leonardo creators. da vinci you know the, the greatest kind of one of the greatest scientific minds and also one of the greatest artistic talents absolutely yeah so yeah so it's that's it isn't it it's shifting people's perception about who they are and what they're capable of yeah. and yeah. and removing these labels and I think that's that's so important. And you've uh, and so is that with that in mind, did you how did you how did you decide about writing this intimacy book? What did you think was lacking in terms of of intimacy for young men? And and why did you choose the particular age group that you chose? Well, okay. So so part I know of, that's yeah, a long yeah. question. <laughs> part of all of this, so whether it's the, the primary school students or, or I had a, I ran a youth company, dance company at Dartington here in Devon for, for many years, or older people. I did a false prevention program working with immersive technologies as well. With so much of this, um, a lot of the, the wrestle, or wrestle is probably too strong a word. I think the, the, a lot of the process is, is um, altering the outside influence of, uh, of stuff, of life, mm. of the world. Um, and or, or taking that that information that is is not doing people any any not not helping anyone, and then and altering how you might think. So um, so intimacy for, for young men. So the massive part of writing that was essentially about porn. Hmm. Uh, slightly longer. You, you mentioned in the introduction that I'm, I'm writing men and menopause. So actually, that's the book that came out first. Yeah. So my my amazing fabulous wife. Uh, was diagnosed with ovarian cancer in 2011 and then went oh. through therapy, several operations, a full hysterectomy, and then was just launched into the menopause. And wow. um, we just, we were just, you know, we were sort of wrestling with, with what this, this, this menopausal beast was doing mm. to, life, to our lives. And um, so I started writing, a, like I started thinking that actually there needs to be some sort of very straightforward guide for, for guys Yes. About, oh my goodness. About how to, you know, what this is, but actually what, what, what do we need to do as partners of these amazing women who we desperately love, who are going through this extraordinarily tumultuous and random experience. Mm. And um, so I started writing that and then, and then essentially got sidetracked because of lots of, you know, work and, and other things that just, so I was writing it intermittently. And then, just with all the young people I was working with and a lot of media media inf- out there, I started reading about just this, the extraordinary epidemic of sexual assaults that was, was happening to, mm. to women and young women by young men. And um, reading further into it a lot, realising that 
essentially these young men are, are engaging with their first intimate encounters or just it might not even be a first their intimate encounters when they are you know in their formative sexual years mm. exploring with the only guide in their life is pornography and then mm. and, and the algorithms of pornography that just have been sending them down darker and darker and more violent and more aggressive um, situations and there was no information for them that that basically uh, said otherwise said that this isn't what happens there was no information that was countering this narrative uh, and and so I thought actually I, I, I part of my men and menopause book was was, was a chapter about intimacy in during menopause and I thought actually I've, I've kind of started down this down writing about this um, and you have to make some fairly clear decisions in your head when you do start writing about intimacy, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I've already kind of made that leap of feeling like I can and I'm able to and I, and I have the capacity to and I'm not feeling screamish about, about putting that out in the public. Actually, I, I, know, I know what needs to be written here. And I was looking online, I was looking for information for guys and there was just none there. I mean, there's, there's, there are guides about sex, you know, from 12 to 17-year-olds you, you buy them; they look like textbooks. Mm. They are—they are not, you know, they're, they're mostly written. Uh, they're mostly female authors. Mm. So, for young men, there's there's not a voice writing that has their, their their any of their experience. And and these go up to about seventeen. And then there are these guides about sex that are for adults who who have have started their sexual journey. You know, in their early twenties. And it's like this is how your sexual life might become more interesting. But this gap between sixteen and twenty-two. Um, just nobody was talking to these guys. There was no information. There was, I'm, I'm sure that there are there are organisations going into schools, and, and actually, I've subsequently found a couple of them. Spoke to one organisation in Australia actually last this week who who do, but they're few and far between. So, so I decided to write one for 16 to 22 year old guys because this is where our, our sexual journey starts. And it might mm. I'm not suggesting that you get out there to these guys, get out there and start start having as much sex as they can when they're 16. But this is where the information comes in. And this is where the information that, of an alternative idea begins mm. to come into their brain. There's a other couple of really big things here. These young men, are, we, we live in a deficit model of young people in this, in this society. You know, the, the, the narrative is young, young people are uh, rubbish. Young people are, you know, mm. they're flakes, they're, they're this, they're that. It's just negative, negative. And if, if you're a young man, it's it's even more so, and on top of that is the shaming of watching porn, mm. and it's the shaming of of, um, of of sort of being in the grips of pornography. Uh, what do you, what what do you expect? What does people expect them to be doing? Yeah, you know, it's and um, and on top of this is this extraordinary idea that I read that all young men are sexual predators in waiting, basically because mm. you know, everyone. Everyone's Invited website that came out in 2021, which was this open invitation for young women to, to talk about or email in anonymously their, their stories of sexual harassment and assault. And it's harrowing. I mean, it's just extraordinary. Mm. And this is in schools and universities. And um, so, so there's this, this, this shaming, this attitude of negativity towards young men and, and this, this idea, you know, all this assault happening. But yeah. nobody, nobody's offering a different path. Yeah, it's the perception that they are to be feared, as you say, and up to no good and everything that is negative. And it's so, it, and then as you say, the, the 
stories that we hear, everything is negative, really. We don't really hear about, uh, you know, healthy, positive, or we don't really see that many healthy, positive role models or examples for young men of places that young men can go and can talk, actually. Because for young women, I think as we, uh, in our previous conversations, you know, we've talked about that women in general, young or old, actually, we're more inclined to speak to each other. We have an outlet where we where we can speak to our peers and speak to each other quite frankly about sex, be open about sex, be open about intimacy. Whereas the culture, you know, from school, the culture that has become become ingrained into boys who then become men it's somehow it's men don't talk about anything uh you know that uh that is kind of intimate or or uh emotional or anything that has to do with how you're really feeling because we have these associations of weakness you know that are, that are ridiculous but still applied unfairly to young men and let's hope that this changes it but it's it's those weird associations and perceptions, isn't it, that 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 seem to stop young men asking for help or young people, but especially young men, asking for help and for guidance. And if you and if you have porn so readily available, that's where you're going to go, isn't it? Absolutely. It, the, the dominant narrative of masculinity still for young people is is um, the end game for for being a, a man is power mm. control. And whether that's power control over others or power control over yourself, it's power and control. And mm. they've been taught this end game and that this is the end game and this is this is where you need to be getting to. And they don't understand, well, they're still not understanding that actually the, the end game is, is, is vulnerability mm. and the end game is mm. interest and the end game and the world that is opened up to you whether you, in terms of your intimate encounters with 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 others or whether your intimate friendships with your with your mates or, or, or in your family mm. this is this is should be the end game but also our young men are shamed because of this idea of of power and control they're shamed into not talking mm. shamed into not not discussing and then if somebody if people do shame them they're going to double down on what they're currently doing they're, they're mm. not going to they're not going to want to acknowledge that they're wrong or that there is a different viewpoint simply because yeah. they've, been, they've been taught that that's, that's um, not where you should be heading in terms of being, being a man. So that's, yeah. kind of, that's, that's kind of the, the, the big background really of, of why I wrote it. I, that if we, if, if you're heading down a path that is difficult and negative and problematic, which these lads are in terms of porn, to not be on that path, we need another framework. Mm. And we need another set of ideas through which we can kind of explore intimacy. Mm. So the, the framework of the, of the book is really about um, focusing on your partner's pleasure and focusing on your partner in, in all ways in terms of in your intimate encounters. And that's, that's also in terms of not your intimate encounters, just being with them. It's just mm. being, it's mm. being present and being... Um, alive to possibility with with them with you with them and if you are heading down a path of of focusing on your partner's pleasure 
you're not going to get into sexual assault. Yeah. You know, you're not going, there isn't going to be the excursion into porn, folk, you know, porn described violence. Yeah. You're not going to do that because that's not pleasurable. Yeah. Because it's, it's about consent, isn't it? It's about consent and it's about understanding and, and as you say, being open to what that person is, uh, you know, what's, what that person is comfortable with, what your partner is comfortable with, but also what you're comfortable with. Yeah, absolutely. Consent, consent I mean, one of the, one of the, the kind of the, the really challenging thing that, that has been happening relatively recently is that young women are being sexually assaulted in intimate encounters. And the young men and the young women involved don't understand that actually sexual assault has happened mm. because they are enacting pornography. And, and they're enacting a violent excursion into an intimate encounter. And it's, it's assault. But because, mm. of their, because of what they've learned, they don't understand that they're being assaulted. So, so there's, there's, you could say there is consent because, because it's, they're, they're both participants, but like, and there's not. It's, it's such a difficult area to get into. Um, and this is one of the reasons why, why, you know, why the book, because that, it just counteracts that that narrative it's it's there are kind of two rules in my book consent and safety yeah and um and then everything else is a, is a conversation and and another you know so, so another question to throw out is why is there nothing for 16 to 22 year old men out there hmm. i was gonna talking to, to it well, that, well that's it i was gonna ask you why don't why do you think that this hasn't been done before why do you think that this kind of because do you have any ideas because nobody wants to talk about about this to them because it's taboo. It's it's one of just mm. one of the great taboo subjects is talking about sex with young men in 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 intimate details or in or not, but even just talking about it. It's nobody wants to go there. Parents don't want to go there. Yeah. You know, schools kind of don't really want to go there. They're, they're, um, you know, guys don't want to go there with each other. Or if they do, it's about power and control. Yeah. Uh, it's about how many people you've had sex with and 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 how aggressive essentially how aggressive it was. Yeah. And, and uh, just but it's all—it's all. Sorry to interrupt you, but it's all shrouded in in kind of humour, jokey. It's this. It's this. If the you know young men are talking to each other, it's it's it can't be this just open and vulnerable conversation. It has to be, as you say, something that is that is about power and control, but but has that jokey kind of banter. Oh well, you know it's banter, isn't it? Rather than. Actually, let's have a, it. It's okay to feel X, Y, and Z, and it's okay to talk to each other about that in a way that that you know you're not sniggering or laughing or kind of feeling embarrassed about it. And the embarrassment was so right when you mentioned shame. I just thought, wow, you know, this really has so much to do with our his, historically with our attitudes around sex and how sex has been turned into this thing that we do, the taboo subject that we don't talk about um, and that we're afraid to, you know, everybody does it when they're, you know, of, a, of an age of consent, uh, unless they choose not to, but, you know, but we're familiar with it. We see it bombarded on the every day around us, you know, the sexualized images in advertising and also... Uh, on TV and in film, and and it's become more and more graphic, um, and yet 
when it comes down to the conversations, people are squirming. You know, as you say, parents don't want to talk to their kids. No, they really don't. I mean, banter is is something that I've I always always have had a challenges with, mm. and because the simple fact is that you're if you're if your relationships with your friends is based on banter, you're not going to share something vulnerable with them because mm-hmm. that then becomes um, fodder for them to then throw back at you in terms of their, the banter. And then it becomes mm-hmm. embarrassing and shaming and humiliating. And it's an opportunity to, 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 you know, to, to make a snide remark or, or a slight ass comment about, about something that um, makes you feel bad, but makes everybody else laugh. So then you become the bar. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the, the numbers of, you know, the numbers of, of young men who have taken their own lives and their and their close mm. friends, I didn't know that something was wrong. Um, you know, I don't know the, the details of these relationships, but but in my mind, I wonder whether banter was in was part of those relationships. You know, some some guys just don't want to talk about this and, and won't. But but if you're if you're feeling really poorly about yourself, and you have banter is your is your only relationship with your friends, I'm not going to discuss my feelings with somebody mm. that. If I feel like it's going to come back to me, so so this is part of the the, the sex conversation that just doesn't happen because guys mm. just, just don't don't want to talk about it, or it's a uh, no, I don't want to talk about it, and then that's it. But mm. also sometimes I think parents want to launch into the deep end and with with a big conversation from nowhere, and actually the <laughs> only way you can do this is not to creep up on them. You've got to be completely ninja like in terms of your conversation topic. Yeah. And it's, it's, you just you broke something really small on the edge of the conversation, mm. and then a week later you do it again, something a little bit more, and eventually you can you, you build a, a a rapport in terms of that topic that you can then talk about pretty much anything. So, do you think then that this is a really good book in terms of a guide, not just for young men but also for their parents? Absolutely. Yeah, I've had yeah. I've had some um, friends and colleagues who, who've bought this and are actually reading it with their children. Wow. Yeah, it's they're sitting at the same time at the same time in the evening reading a chapter. Or they'll 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 say, read a chapter, tell me what you've read, and I'll read it and then we can have a conversation about it. Oh my god, that's so healthy. I know. That's I know. amazing. It's blowing my mind. Caroline, it's blowing my mind. I I didn't know what would happen. I didn't know whether five people would, would get by this book and then that would be it. I didn't know whether people would kick back because I'm talking about pleasure. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the fascinating things, just on a slightly aside, in terms of putting putting the book out on Facebook and Facebook ads, mm. can't talk about pleasure in terms of Facebook ads and sex. Oh it's yeah, a, it's illegal yeah. in terms of their in terms of their rules. Yeah, uh, which I, which is which is just amazing to me. I mean, it just says it says it says everything about <laughs> about our society. Well, it does, and also about social media because you just think, well, hang on a minute, all of these images and groups. And you're like, uh, okay, you know, groups that aren't particularly savoury, you know, and images that are allowed to be shown. And and you're like, what are you promoting here? You know, and then something that you want to promote that actually will help lots of people. They kind of slam it down in this, you know, you can't, you can't mention, you can't mention SEX. You know, it's, yeah, it's very, it's very strange. Um. That is just, well, first of all, when you said it was blowing your mind, it's blown my mind because I just think that that's incredible. That's, that's what you want, you know. Okay, darling, bedtime story. But no, you know, it's, it's, it's so, that's what you want. You want this dialogue. 
You yeah. want this shift in perception. You want you and and to normalize this that that we allow young men. I think it's not just about sex, actually. I think it would be useful in our daily lives if young men felt that talking about anything that was to do with their feelings was actually okay. And we could speak about these things without being ridiculed would be okay. Um, so that's fantastic. Oh my God, I applaud. Woo! I applaud you. <laughs> Let's hope that that uh, that um, this gets out and is, is massive because I think it's just so needed. Um, the the was, other interesting thing is that people are buying up for their daughters as well. And their daughters are brilliant. But but also they've asked if they've asked for the for the girl the girls' version. So so my wife and I are going to co-write that. That's also fantastic. Fantastic. Oh my goodness. But it's amazing, Ben. Um I was gonna say to you actually, with with writing this, are there any difficulties that you've encountered in did it? Did this just all come to you, and you know, in research-wise, did you, did you once you kind of had the idea? Was it just kind of like quite a straight track in terms of uh, inspiration coming to you for the next kind of chapter and what you'd include, or did you encounter anything that you you kind of went, ah, oh, I don't quite know how to. Uh, articulate this or is this relevant or um am i going off into another sphere here did uh, what what did you what kind of issues did you face in in that respect the only, the only challenge was when to put it out okay uh and getting over myself in terms of put you know publishing a book about sex yeah because you know i'm not a sex therapist and it's not my field it has never been my field and um so there's that there's that element uh, uh, so going from Ben, the guy who works with primary school dance and, and falls for older people and does social media work for a clean tech company, uh, is that now the, a writer who writes about sex? You know, that's a it's, a, it's quite a quite a step. So so that was the only the, the only thing really, and, and and I I could have released it six weeks before I actually did because I was just dithering basically, mm. and it took mm. my, my amazing fabulous wife Nick just kind of went what what what's stopping you? Publishing, so like, oh, I've got some yeah. things that I want to sort out. There's some, some, you know, a couple of sentences that I'm not quite happy with, and she's <laughs> like, oh, "Come on." That's the <laughs> thing, on. though. That's the thing. The mantra oh. "done" is better than perfect because actually, we are our own worst and harshest critics, yeah. and you can see with the reaction that you've had so far that people are really loving this book. Um, and how do you think, what, what, how are you trying to get it out there to the intended audience? How do you, how uh, do you hope? I'm, I'm just actually with, with various podcasts and, and just mm. spreading it out across, across Facebook ads um, and then talking about it on social media. My social media, I've, I've often resisted social media, which is ironic now that I, a lot of what I do is a social media manager for a, a clean Australian clean tech company. So I'm on, uh, but for others it's, it's fine. So I just have to pretend that I'm somebody else. Um, and I'm, it's not for myself. Um, just, and actually over the last number of years, I've, I've really come to understand that it t takes longer than you think for these yeah. things to come out there uh, and to be patient and to send the emails out and just send them again. If, if, if I'm trying to talk to some, some people and then people will come back to me and, and then I'll, I'll talk and we'll, and we'll, we'll have conversations. Um, I have to say just, just before I forget is that in, in, I was about 
done with the book. Mm. And the daughter of, of one of our great friends, uh, Cherish Ambush, is um, is just trained to be a sex therapist. And mm. she's a And so I asked her to um, to basically proof the book from her point of view of a mm. year old woman, but also from a from a sex therapist, from all of her viewpoints that she brought to it. And she was amazing. She she was she went through it with a fine tooth comb and really um, challenged a really good number of things that I'd written, points of view that I'd taken. Um, interestingly, she, she 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 did mention a couple of times that that what I'd written was was a bit shaming in terms of young men. So mm. I I and that's so I realised that I was getting on the bandwagon of of being shaming of these young guys that I was trying to write a book that mm. was not. So that was a really interesting kind of realisation in terms of my my voice. And then then Nick's my partner, um, my, my wife had she just she kind of went through it in terms of voice mm. and, um, and just was she's amazing. She's absolutely amazing, and, and she really guided the voice that I use throughout the whole. You know, for, for, for at the beginning I was quite I was quite blokey, and she mm. was. Just, Come on, this isn't this isn't the tone that I know. This isn't the right tone that you're that you're wanting. So you know, let's let's play around with what that is. And, that's uh, yeah. fantastic. That's you're so fortunate. That's so great because you have, you know, you've got people around you who are going to be honest. Yeah. And that's the thing. You know, it's it, people who care about you. I always think, you know. People who really care about you are the are the most honest in a loving in a loving way, and you've produced something that is actually, you know, anything that we create, I think, is an act of love. You know, yeah. it's it's something that you've that you've created to hopefully shift the perception of young men and young women and their parents, um, and create well you tell me what 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 is your what is your goal with this i, I want young men to stop sexually assaulting young women mm. you know mm. uh, is and and uh and actually i i would love out these young people to have really fulfilling intimate lives mm. uh, actually having having fabulous intimate uh, really fun intimate life is not it's not difficult like it's not difficult it's a, it's a it's a choice to be present and it's a choice to engage with your partner and it's a choice to um explore together and have a really lovely time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, i don't understand why so many there are so many people out there who are just not having that experience so actually mm-hmm. that's that's what i'd love i'd love for the conversations to happen between families and that's that's and, and the conversations when I, when I launched the book, I had an amazing response across Facebook. Uh, and the conversations, and, and lots and lots of people were sharing it, mostly people I, I, I don't know who they are, which was, which was even better. Mm. Um, and then I read all the comments from every person, every, any comments that were written under any person who shared my post, I, I read. And it was thrilling because these people were having conversations about, mm. about this problem, about this situation. They were just starting it in response to it, just a post about the fact that I'd, they hadn't even read the book. It was just a post saying. It's fantastic. It was amazing. It was thrilling. It was just, and, it was, and it was these conversations starting between some people, I think, who, who knew each other and others who didn't. And mm-hmm. um, so all these things, that's what, that's what I'd like to happen. I, I know that this isn't the answer. The answer is, is, a, is a weave of, of, a, of a societal weave. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a familial weave. But it's part of it. And if it's a catalyst 
for people to to have a different experience of themselves and their lives and, and make different choices so that they're safer but also so they have a much better life it's a, you know a, a, a fulfilling fun amazing intimate life is mm. is wonderful and it should be available to everybody well that's it when you start when you're young hopefully by the time you become older you you are still having you're happy with yourself you're happy with your body image you're happy with you know with with your sex life you're happy with your intimate life but it has to start. You have to kind of start on on good soil, don't you, to grow to grow something that's strong, as opposed to this very fragmented and you know fragmented, uh, uh, unrealistic kind of images that we're that we're bombarded with every day. Um, yeah. Ah, oh, Ben. So amazing. And, Sorry. And, and the endless pornography, you know, and that's yeah. not going, And this is the other. This is the other big part of it. Um, there are a lot of calls to ban porn and and to to, but it's not going to happen. Mm. It's not going to happen. Porn isn't going anywhere. Twenty twenty four hour porn isn't going anywhere. It's not going to change. It is that mm. is, and this is this is another part of the conversation. Um, I haven't really had with anybody yet, um, which is about what is the reality of our world as opposed mm. to what we would like our world to change to. Mm. So there's, a, there's a I had a brief conversation um, recently, a very brief conversation about sort of. You know, abstinence. Mm. Well, if, if guys just abstained from having sex, then they wouldn't be assaulting anybody. It's like, yeah, okay, I understand the point of view, but it's not realistic. Yeah, no, that's not realistic. It's not, it's not reality. It's a, it's a, it's a, an idea that that you might throw out there and, and hope that you know, these these young people listen to. But they're not going to. They're, mm. they're going to explore it themselves. That's a, so so. And and the reality is that porn isn't going anywhere. So rather than yeah. going. Porn is bad. Porn is porn should be should be should be um, you know taken off the internet. Should be should be removed from everywhere. It's not going to happen. Mm. So how do we then deal with the reality of what is happening, and how do we mm. work around it, and how do we work? Yeah, in that. Well, way. well, I think it's it's also isn't it? It's supply and demand. If people are if people have been reconditioned and reeducated into understanding what intimacy is and what good sex is and um uh and what's um, and what's um you know, and what an acceptable not except I, I don't mean to say it's kind of you know what a healthy I should say relationship because acceptable is different for you know people have so many different parameters but what a healthy relationship looks like with yourself and with other people then that need for that constant, you know, this constant kind of uh, uh, barrage of images that really are so disconnected from anything that is that is uh, that that humanizes anyone <laughs> because porn is so dehumanizing, especially to women, uh, that you. You know, once once that hopefully there is may maybe less demand for that, then you would see a change because those kind of things because porn is a business, you know, and you're right. No, it's not going to go away. Like any multi million dollar pound business, it won't. It's people aren't suddenly going to go. Oh well, that's it. But yeah. they might change the output yeah. with a change in what. You know, customers want, I suppose, yeah. want of a better, better idea. That's exactly it, and maybe that's that. That might that might change. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Ben, oh my God, I could talk to you for ages. It's been so, what you've had to say has been so fascinating and so, and it's so important, really, you know, I hope this small flame turns into a huge flaming beacon and illuminates the lives of lots of young men because, and their families and young women. Because as you say, it although this, the book is geared towards them, that's your target audience, it is something that that affects, you know, everyone. It affects families and it affects partners. And um and if people want to so if people want to uh grab a hold of your book, read it, where can they uh, it's on Amazon. Um, yeah. across the world. Okay, and it's called title again, if you could please. So if you, so, if you it's called intimacy. Yeah. So if you if you type into your search in Amazon, uh, Ben Dunk's intimacy, it'll come up. Mm. Uh, so it's print on demand. So you can get a paperback, or you can buy a Kindle version, um, which is which is great. Uh, it's a really useful um, aspect of what Amazon does. Uh, they can they can find me at uh, ben, benjamindunks.com. Yeah. Uh, yes. So what? So yes. If people want, to, sorry, I've just talked over you then. But if people want to contact you, find out more about you, find out your book, so they can they can uh, type in intimacy Ben Dunk's intimacy on uh, onto Amazon, and they can get a copy of your book there. Um, your new book, um, Men and Menopause, out before Christmas. So brilliant. Uh, that'll be uh, again. That'll be Amazon. I'll do the same okay. thing. Fantastic. And I would really love you to come back and for us to have another conversation about men and menopause, um, because I think that's uh, a really, well, it's very, uh, for women, we're seeing a lot more about menopause now, especially now, which at about time, Um, but it would be really great. uh, It would be really great to have you back to talk about that. And, um, and And on your socials, I mean, I'll include in our show notes, everything how people can track you down how they can hunt you down links yeah links to everything but um uh yeah is there anything else that you are that you're doing at the moment that we can uh there'd be ones really in terms of all yeah 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 uh i i mean i have plans for the for the girls version Mm. right with nicks uh i also would like to Sort of thinking how to format this one. So when you when you're making a show, uh, as you well know, when you first put that that what you've been making in front of an audience, you just so much is revealed to you mm. that you, you look at it and think you think how did we not see that this was problematic or that this was actually mm. the show isn't about that it's about this because mm. because having an audience an audience on it changes it and that's what happened when when also published the book. Is that suddenly I realised that um, there's a there's a book for twelve to sixteen year olds that needs to happen for boys as well. Wow! And and that is a, that is about power and control. Wow! Um, I think I think that in my in my head that's a graphic some sort of graphic novel. I don't know what it is, <gasps> but it's that's brilliant. Oh my! Starts so so and this is where the so there's a lot of what's happening in schools now. Twelve year old lads are messaging twelve year old classmates females and asking for nudes and asking for sexually provocative mm. photos and all this sort of stuff and it's all about power and it's all about control um and it's um 
and and so this is a it's kind of starting earlier than the 16 to 22 with intimacy that's very much about intimate encounters but this is about how do we reframe the ideas that lead to this this kind of this this assaultive um process that's happening with these lads yeah Um, anyway we can we can get away with that um uh so yeah so so these are the sort of the the things that i'm but then wow <laughs> I applaud you because, as I've said, you know, it's so important. What you're doing is so important and it's so needed. And I wish you the most insane amount of luck. You won't need luck because once this, once the ball starts rolling on this, it will just grow and grow and grow. And I'd love you to come back and, and talk about men and menopause. And yeah, and I just want to thank you again. It's been so. Oh, it's been wonderful speaking to you. And um, as I say, I'll put down all the links to your socials and how we can access your book in our show notes. And to the lovely listeners, if you please like, subscribe, share, and let me know what you've liked about this episode and what you'd also like to hear on further episodes. And um, with that, I'm just going to thank you again, Ben, and say... Goodbye, ta-ta, till next time.